And scripture tells us where we are. I'm just going to mention three things and then I'm going to tell, I'm going to spend the rest of the time talking about why that's so important. Here's one place where we are. It's in Romans chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, that means made right, justified. It's justified, never sinned. That's how we get the young people to remember it. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace, watch it, in which we stand. We're standing in grace. That's where we are. Where are you? I'm standing in grace. I'm standing in unmerited favor because of the love of Jesus Christ for me. And he goes on to say, and we exult in hope with the glory of God. Exult is not a word I use. But I have said leap in the air for joy and that's what that means. We leap in the air for joy if, if not on the outside, at least on the inside because of the hope we have. And Bible hope has three things. Confident, joyful expectation. That's, that's Bible hope. That's what we have because we're standing in grace. And it didn't say you were standing or you will be standing. It says you're standing. And then I learned when I was in school that the Greek language has a lot of different tenses. And one of them is the present tense. And it just means ongoing action in the present. It just means it continues. It doesn't stop. We're standing in grace. That's where we are. Ephesians chapter 2 said you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Verse 1. And then he goes on to say, But God, being rich in mercy and because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive. You didn't do it, he did. Raised us up and seated us with him in the heavenly realm. That's where we are. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And if you read earlier in that chapter, you'll see that Jesus is seated next to God's right hand. I can't explain that. But he says in the heavenly realm, we're there and we're seated with him, with Jesus and with the Father on the throne. I know that has to do, has something to do with reigning. And I know it's a great place to be. And he says, because of Jesus and what he did, that's where we are. Where are you? You're standing in grace and you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And in 1 John 3 verse 1, it says, See what great of love the Father has bestowed upon us. It's the language of surprise that he would love us this much. See how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God. And it literally says, and we are. That's where we are. We're in God's family. We are standing in grace, seated with Christ in God's family. No wonder there's harmony here. No wonder when people come in, they see joy. No wonder our worship is inspiring to others that come in for the first time and join in with us. No wonder... Uh, 
we would say that's home because those things are just natural byproducts of and it's not just where we are but it's knowing where we are so if we want those things to grow and we do we do want more of that we do want more loving attention to one another and all of those things and harmony and harmony and worship that's beautiful and all of that we have to understand and believe and know where we are so it's imperative that we don't forget that now I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about why it's so important that we know where we are and that that we exhibit those things that we talked about at first that people said well this is why this is place is important to me every individual who has been wooed by and won by the love of Jesus is now part of the body that scripture refers to as as the bride of Christ Revelation 19 7 Ephesians chapter 5 the bride of Christ and, and as the bride of Christ we must take fidelity to Jesus and partnership with him and with one another and beauty seriously we don't want our husband to have an ugly bride and, and Jim some people believe Jesus married down because they don't see the church as beautiful in fact some people see the church as kind of diseased and anything but radiant and and they say you know I love Jesus and I want to be with him and I really want a relationship with him but that wife of his why she is cold and unloving and um, and if I have to be around her all the time then no thank you now Jesus yes but the bride the church no I'll just admire Jesus from a distance and that's why I've heard people say I heard people say this when we was up in Colorado well the mountains are my church well I love the mountains too and I feel close to God on top of the mountains but that's not my church or, or the lake that's my church or the golf course that's my church no but some people feel like that I love Jesus I want him but those people down there no they're just a bunch of hypocrites you ever heard that I don't want anything to do with this bride and I think some some believe that some churches come across that way because the church has forgotten where they are or they never really discovered it and so they are they're kind of legalistic you know and they they want to beat people over the head with the with the scripture point law out to them somebody you know Galatians chapter 6 talks about someone who is caught in a trespass um, I knew an elder one time who would have taken the, the scripture to the guy with his foot in the trap and said see here here's what the law says if you'd have done that you wouldn't be in the trap and people say I don't want any part of that 
I love Jesus, but I don't want any part of that. We're going to have to revel in and comprehend the great extent of forgiveness that we've been given and received from God through Jesus that we'll be willing, not only willing, but excited to extend that to one another, each other, and to others, and forgive those who hurt us. We talked about that in our class this morning. I don't know everybody's in and outs, but I guarantee you this, you've been hurt before. Somebody has hurt you. And probably you've been hurt by somebody in the church. You've been hurt by a brother or a sister. And I'm sorry for that, but that happens. But because we know where we are, here's what we're going to do. We're going to ignore the slacks. We're going to be gracious about the offensive word. That hurt me what you said. We're going to be gracious about that. And yet we're going to stand firm on the values that make the bride beautiful. You ever heard anybody talk about the institution of marriage? The institution of marriage. I don't view marriage as an institution. It's a relationship between two people that love them, that love one another. And I think, you know, on that, um, the the focus is on the person. It's not the institution. There's a personal attachment there. And I believe the church historically has been rather institutional. And churches tend to be sterile, forbidding, doctrinally sound environments where people came and people died. And they died for the lack of safety in the relationships. And one of the most unpracticed, the most non-practiced, Commandments in scriptures confess your sins to one another. You know why we don't do that? We saw what happened to the guy that did. Or we saw what happened to the woman that did. And we decided we're not going to go through that. We don't want to go through that. And so people died for lack of opportunity to be confessional about the real things that are hurting their lives. And they don't want to admit their own brokenness. We don't sometimes. That's what happens in institutional churches, but in a church where people understand this is a family too, then we're able to do that because we'll know no matter no matter what happened, no matter how awful I did, I know they're still going to love me. Even when they find out that I did. Do you have anybody in your life where you can tell anything and you'll know they'll, they'll continue to love you? I do. And we need that. And we need that in the church. And the Apostle Paul dealt with all kinds of problems in the church. There was racism, you know, in Jerusalem. Jew wouldn't accept Gentile and that sort of thing. Then in Corinth, there was that immorality going on and, and elitism. I'm better than you because I have this and you don't. Or I was baptized by so-and-so and you weren't. 
and at the end of the day Paul could say isn't she beautiful isn't she beautiful and when we share our lives with one another when we're hurting there's a spiritual bond that's formed and that's a good thing Paul himself would say in Romans 15.1, Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not just please ourselves. And somebody said, yeah, Tim, that's the problem. I'd never think of myself as so spiritually above everybody else that I'm strong and they're weak. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about the fact or talking about that you've got you finally got everything all together and you're soaring up above everybody else spiritually no not at all what he's saying is on this day I'm still standing and you look like you're about to expire how can I help how can I pull up beside you and help hold you up through this? Because today, I have a little more strength and I can help you through it. I'm still breathing. You appear to be about to expire. I love you. Talk to me about it. Hebrews 10.24 says of the church, we're to consider one another. Consider one another. Before, you know, it was after we left Wimberley. We were already here. I went back to, for some reason, maybe filled in preaching for them or something. But I went back and I went to the Dairy Queen. And I went in there and I, I ordered and I paid and I sat down and I was sitting there waiting get my food and then my plans were to get up and leave and I did I ate my food and got up and was about to go out and I heard this voice Tim and I turned around and looked is one of our former members sitting over there I never did see him you know what I didn't look around and sometimes we do church like that we come in sit down pay eat get up and leave and we're never really aware, aware of what all's going on around us or who's around us, much less if they're in pain or not. But people who understand where they are will do that. And that's why it's so important. Okay, I'm, I'm finishing up. I want to tell this little story. Some years ago, um, in the McDermott, Ohio newspaper, the headlines came out on the front page that said, The Touchdown. And the story was about Jake Porter, who scored his first touchdown. There's something you need to know about Jake. He had a disease called fragile chromosome X and it was a common cause of highly um, high retardation and <clears throat> and Jake's parents when he was 13 moved from one city to McDermott Ohio 
and Jake was in school and and they had the policy of moving them through socially even though they couldn't go through you know uh, couldn't keep up educationally so Jake he was a senior now with the senior class and he's gonna walk across the stage and get his diploma with his peers but before that happened uh, Jake made this national news and it was a moving scene. I saw it on TV. Jake had always wanted to play football, and so the coach of McDermott, Dave France, admitted him to the squad, and he suited him up for every practice and for every game. And they had, they had uh, practiced a play uh, for just for Jake in practice. It was called 84 ISO. And the, and the quarterback would take the ball and he'd stick it in Jake's belly and Jake would take a knee. And they, had, they had practiced that over and over again. So coach wanted to do something he had never done before and he asked the opposing, in the last game of the season, he asked the opposing coach uh, from Waverly, Ohio, if the game was not you know, if, if it was already decided by the score and there was just a few seconds left, would he mind if they put Jake in and let him at least take a play, make a play in a real game? And he said, sure, sure, that'd be great. So it came, came down to the end and Waverly High School was ahead of McDermott 42 to nothing. <laughs> Five seconds left in the game. So the coach goes out there and he says, okay, and they told the referees, here's what we want to do. Well, we want to do ISO 84 and do what I just described. And Jake will take a knee and at least he'll have a coach, coach from Waverly said, I want to do you one better. I don't want to see Jake just run a play. I want to, I want to see Jake make a touchdown. He said, oh, no, no, he can't be hit. It might kill him if he was hit. He won't be hit. But we want to see Jake make a touchdown. So they call the play, explain to Jake, when you get the ball, you run toward the goal line. Jake got the ball and started to take a knee. They hollered, oh, no, 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 run, Jake, run. The defense backed up. They were yelling, run, Jake, run. It was like Moses in the Red Sea. <laughs> Jake took off running. Every time he'd get close, and the, both teams, 21 people, were running alongside Jake, calling, go, Jake, run, Jake, score, Jake. And whenever he'd get close to one of the defensive players, like a big blast of wind came, just knocked him down. The referees were yelling, score, Jake. People on both sides in the stands were standing up, clapping and yelling, go, Jake, go. And Jake scored McDermott's only touchdown. They interviewed him. The newspaper interviewed him after the game. And they asked him about how he felt. He said, I won the game. <laughs> I think he did. I think he did. You say, Tim, that's, that's not a very good illustration of what the church is supposed to be I think it is I think it's perfect but I've seen churches where people would come in and say you can't play you're different you're not like us 
but we will encourage because that's what we do we will love one another because that's where we are we will share the good news of people with everyone and we'll love everyone and people will be encouraged and they'll want to be with Christ as a part of his bride as well because that's where we are Jesse's going to lead us in that song and while we stand and if you want to hear more about that or if you have anything you'd like to share with any of the elders they'll be standing at the doors to talk to you we're glad you're here I love you deeply let's stand and sing